Hello everybody, it is your Dungeon Master Adam DeWeese here. I wanted to hop in here before the episode even starts to give kind of a heads up. We had some uh, vacations and scheduling conflicts uh, prior to this episode, but we didn't want to uh, leave you all without any kind of content. So what we ended up doing is uh, myself, Johnny and Dustin, aka Ulrich and Pendle got together and we recorded a, a little bit of a prequel to the beginning of campaign two of Halfway to Heroes. So that's what this is. Uh, this is Pindle's prequel. Uh, we're going to be doing this for all four of the characters. Probably not back to back to back to back. So two weeks from today, we'll probably be dropping just a full episode proper. And then uh, we will probably use the prequels to fill any any gaps when uh, we have scheduling conflicts like just popped up. So thank you for your patience. Also, sorry it's a day late. We, we also had to record it pretty late. Sorry about that. Before I let you go, if you didn't know yet, we have GooseCon 2022 coming up September 30th to October 2nd. You can get a badge for just $45 for the entire weekend. Or if you're going to be planning on GMing some tabletop RPGs, you can get a badge for just $25, a GM-specific badge. We are just about full on sponsors and on vendors, but have uh, plenty of badges to go around. We would love to hang out with you and meet some of our listeners. Everybody from Halfway to Heroes is going to be there. It's going to be so much fun. We're going to have live shows, actual plays, panels, uh, an open board game library. You can play some uh, tabletop board games with us or tabletop RPGs with us. It's going to be so much fun. We're so excited. We're so nervous. It's very scary hosting your first ever convention. It's a pretty big deal. So uh, you can help make it a very memorable experience for all of us involved. And we would love that very much. So you can head over to tabletop.events and search for GooseCon or go to goosecon2022.com. And other than that, just make sure you join our Discord if you haven't yet. Bit.ly slash halfway to Discord. I believe that's all lowercase. And yeah, thank you all so much for listening. Thank you for getting this far with us. I hope you all are enjoying this campaign and can't wait to see you all in two weeks. at the base of Stormy Spine just outside of Stormworks playing, running along the base of the mountain a young storm giant and his robot warforged friend Pendle Hey Dustin what does Prince Critis look like? So, so you're you're uh, Critis is currently a teenager, right? Like thirteen, fourteen. Yeah. How big would you think he is? I'd probably think like seven foot tall. About Pendle Pendle's height. Yeah, pro- he's probably the same size as Pendle. Yeah, his Warforged buddy. I keep calling him a, a Warforged. It's not really a Warforged, right? It's more of a construct, like a soulless construct. Yeah, but. Technically, I did use Warforge. Yeah, so um, uh, he's what seven? You say like like seven foot tall. Um, he's kind of scrawny. He's got like this like kilt skirt type thing, like a red one, 
and long white hair. I guess his skin's like a pale blue. And when uh, when Critis comes down to the base of Stormy Spine with with Pendle, his uh, construct guardian, what what do you usually do? What kind of uh, uh, they usually just like exploring? Um, they like uh, going beyond the walls of the castle, which his father usually prohibits. Um, they would go. <laughs> they would go <laughs> looking at the um, what was it the what was it the dragon turtles below? Yes. Did we this say point, those moved eventually? At, at, they did eventually move, but this is a prequel, so the dragon turtles are still in the lake right now. Yeah. yeah so they would sit atop the stormy spine, looking down, watching the storm um, crash all the. Uh, ships into the rocks and watch the um, dragon turtles uh, devour them. So as you've done dozens, probably hundreds of times by now, uh, you and Pendle, I I picture right now Pendle is kind of just a, they don't even talk. Uh, They're just kind of a silent guardian a silent sentinel watching over you as you're watching over. And, uh, did you say you're feeding these dragon turtles? No, they just like watching them, uh, devour the ships below. I mean, I can imagine that would be pretty, pretty damn exciting to be honest. Uh, yeah. The storm going brewing in the, like the distance and the waves clash in the mountain. Has Critis named these turtles or um, I guess maybe maybe the turtles we <laughs> we do know that the turtles are technically a recruitable faction for the goose uh, goose gang proper at this point in time, uh, which is you know um, months if not a year prior to present day, halfway to Heroes Campaign Two, uh, has Critis named these turtles, or does Critis know the actual names of these turtles? Well, help me think of two names, then, man. Um, Yertle, Jabrobi. <laughs> Wait, uh, Johnny, can you say yours one more time so I don't forget it? <laughs> Jabrobi. J- I don't know where the letters are in that name. Jerb, Jerbrobi, like almost like a gerbil. Jerbrobi. Jer- and then bro, and then B. Jerbrobi. Okay, <laughs> let me just add that to my notes real quick. Because I, I guarantee in uh, a couple months to a year, uh, these names Jerbrobi and Jer-Broby. Yertle. Um, okay. Yeah, they just have their names written real big on their back of their shells. <laughs> yeah, you know how turtles do. <laughs> they just got their names uh, sharpied onto the back of their shells. Um, no, I mean, you could... You, uh, so, they, they are dragon turtles, and uh, which are not just large, not just huge. Uh, they are gargantuan. Um, so, these are two Godzilla-sized <laughs> turtles. Uh Pretty much. So who knows? Maybe uh, the, they're thousands of years old. So perhaps 
the storm giants living so close to their lake uh, really do know their their true names just over the generations passed down. Um, as you're watching Jerobi and Yertle um, fighting over this uh, particular large ship that they are just kind of doing a tug of war, tearing it apart, you see a flash of lightning, which isn't unusual for you know living in uh, not only you know, on uh, Stormy Spy, but just in the center of the Everstorm. It is uh, not an unfamiliar sight to see a bolt of lightning. Uh, but it, it goes pretty close to the heads of Jerobi and Yurtle, and you see them immediately quit playing tug-of-war with this ship that they've been chewing up, and they uh, sink down further and further into the lake until you can't see them any longer. And then a couple more bolts of lightning flash and hit the tops of the lake. And then it starts to whip up more violently than you've ever seen the Everstorm. And uh, it starts to just bead down with rain. It is, it's, it's, it's not like none of us could picture rain this heavy. It's not like just uh, a constant like rain shower or rain. It is like somebody is dumping full buckets per each raindrop right now. It just starts. um, It's like an ocean is falling out of the sky on top of you and Pendle. And as you and Pendle start to turn and now that you've got no more entertainment, uh, head back up to Stormworks. You make it not more than 10 feet before a bolt of lightning lands about five feet in front of your feet. And you and Pendle both kind of stop in your tracks. And after a moment or two, you start walking again. And then another bolt of lightning lands again, not just two three feet in front of you um it actually as it hits the ground a couple of the bolts arc up and hit into pendle his metal body seems like just a lightning rod at this point and you would think that any any lightning would surely go to pendle prior to hitting you your fleshy body your fleshy boy body as i like to call it but as, as you and Pendle start to, at this point, run towards uh, st- uh, Thunderworks and try to get out of this, which is, for someone who lives in something called the Everstorm, this seems very wild and very out of character, out of place. It does not seem like your uh, Everstorm you've been accustomed to. And these bolts now are starting to rain down all around you and Pendle. Um, though they don't seem to be arcing towards Pendle, like like I said, like you would expect. And you you both make it a, a pretty good dash. You make it a pretty good distance, pretty good fight, uh, trying to get away and out of the storm before one of the bolts finally pierces out of the gr- dark gray clouds and this dark green lightning bolt comes down from the sky and this one doesn't hit Pendle. This one does arc over and hit right from the top of your head. And it goes down Critis's body out of its toes and into the land below. And Critis hits the ground with a thud. 
And at that, uh, Pendle has pretty much one job and one job only is to protect his boy. Uh, so Pendle will scoop up Critis in his arms and start to wheel his way up the mountain and uh, towards Thunderworks. Which brings us to Chieftain Rodbog. Chieftain Rodbog, what are you up to up in your lofty towers? What are you doing up there, man? I am sitting in my throne eating grapes. <laughs> I fucking knew grapes. it was going to be grapes. I don't know why. Don't know how. how. Do I knew grapes it was. so tiny. I, <laughs> a storm giant eating grapes would be like... <laughs> Eating like a whole fucking, bundle of grapes at no, once or something. It, it would be like eating grains of sand. Just <laughs> <laughs> well, Chieftain Rodbog, not Rogbod. Uh, that sounds a lot more sexualized. As you're sitting there eating your tiny, tiny grapes. But I guess, like you mentioned, it's probably like big bundles of grapes. Yeah. <laughs> so instead of eating of one grape at a time, you're eating it. You're eating a full bundle. Yes, we have yet to mutate them to fit in my big hands. Oh, but that's going to be badass when that does happen. When you get watermelon-sized grapes. Ooh. Ooh. Okay, just let's take ourselves out of the narrative for a second. Can you fucking imagine, (laughs) though, holding a watermelon-sized grape and you can just fucking... Nibble on that. Woof. Get out. I, I don't know if you'd be able to do that. Like, I feel like if you bit into that, it would just be, it juices in there. It's a big bubble. It would pop and all the juice <laughs> come out. Yeah, I think, I think you might be right. <laughs> Either way, your, uh, uh, your feast is cut short, Chieftain Rodbog, when you see the throne room doors burst open and you see the metal construct body of Pendle that you gifted to your son uh, about a year ago on his what birthday was that Dustin aka Pendle 12th birthday um, oh when the uh, robot was gifted yeah Uh, we said you're 13 now right yeah so we'll say you got that like 12 12 yeah that's like the sweet 16 for giant (laughs) so that's the sweet 12 (laughs) <laughs> uh the terrific twelves as they call it. Yeah, so you uh you you see this warforge that you gifted your son last year burst open the, the throne room doors and he's carrying your limp son's body in its arms. And you know that Pendle is not able to speak, but you do see Pendle start to point kind of vaguely off in the distance. And you'd probably have to do some mental arithmetic to figure out like where Pendle's currently pointing uh, before you realize that he's pointing to the northeast. You know that Pendle came from the northeast and Pendle came from the Mojin mystics. And uh, that's that's kind of where he's motioning towards. What is his racket? What do you want? And as you uh, as he gets closer, you can see uh, Prince Critis in his arms, appearing pretty lifeless. What did you do to my boy? Uh, Pen- Pendle's gonna try and uh, like um, 
I guess like communicate by pointing and like saying, like looking, like pointing to himself, shaking his head. Does it, does he, does his head even move? Yeah. I don't even, he's got like the little it's face in like there. It's kind of like floating, yeah. Um, it's his face is like wiggling or whatever and like pointing to the sky, like trying to motion that lightning did this to his boy. Uh, the, the, uh, person that was feeding you grapes, uh, Chief in your box says, I, th- I think, I think, I think the storm did this to him. Pendle's gonna nod his head. He, look, the robot, the robot's ro- nodding his head. The storm did this. But we're storm giants, so that doesn't make any sense. I like getting shocked by the lightning. I think it kind of tickles. <laughs> but you're not 13. That's true. I am 7,500. <laughs> I don't know how old Giants <laughs> live to be. <laughs> Jesus, I don't think it's that long. I don't think it's... I'm... 600. I'm 600? Sure. My name's Steve the Storm Giant, by the way. Nice to meet you, Chieftain Rogbog. I've never introduced myself. I've always been too nervous. I've just been feeding you grapes all these years. <laughs> We've never spoke in all this time. I've been your grape boy for <laughs> six years now. And you've been a great grape boy. <laughs> anyway, I think you probably need to help your son and your... um. Is his name Pendle? Is that what you called it? Or is that what Critis called it? Pendle? I don't know who originally called it Pendle. If he doesn't talk, maybe I'm, his name. maybe I'm, maybe, you know what? Steve the Great Boy maybe, named him Pendle. Maybe, yeah. Steve, Steve just named him. He never had a name till just now. You know what? I feel like his name <laughs> should be Pendle if you haven't named him yet. It's just, I know I'm just the Great Boy, but. <laughs> Anyway, you should probably really like uh, try to save your son. And he doesn't look super well. I'm gonna go pick him up. Go, Critis, Critis, wake up! Should I give him a grape? Should I give him a grape? Quickly. Okay, I'm gonna. Okay, here, just. Um, oh no, his jaw's really like locked in. I don't think I should. Drop a grape down there. Never mind. He needs help. He really needs help. Uh, Pendle has like a, um, like some kind of like marking on his chest from the people that gave him, like gifted him to the storm giants. He's going to point to that. It's like the mark of the mythic uh, Modrons. We should take him to the shamans. Do you need, do you need Steven the great boy or no? You've probably got that. Your service is no longer required. Okay. I'll stay here with and I'll guard the I'll guard the grapes. You better double them in size too when I get back. I don't think I think you're I mean it's not that far of a walk. You're probably back in like a day or two. I don't think I can double the size that fast. I'll work on it. I'll work on it. Yeah, with that uh Chief Bo- uh Rodbog um is now carrying Prince Critis and uh, Pendle, I think it's like 
hovering like really close behind you, Chieftain Rodbog, all the way down. And uh, looking at the map, it looks like it's probably going to be, it's probably going to be like two, three days journey uh, across some pretty heavy mountain lands uh, and then some just like vast stretches of, it's, it's this really weird kind of pebble uh, landscape. Uh, not quite just like sand dunes. It's more uh, rocky than that. But uh, eventually you do get to this large stone garden that uh, is kind of like the uh, first point of entrance to the, what have we been calling them? We've been calling them the Mojin Mystics the mythics. or the Shamans. Mythics. Yeah. Um, and they're at the base of this massive weeping willow tree that if you know what a weeping willow is they're usually what like 40 50 feet tall and pretty wide they're usually like 40 50 feet wide as well um this one absolutely dwarfs any real life weeping willow tree where this thing is about 400 feet tall and about 400 feet wide it just it is if you get within the um, the shade of the saying it completely blocks out any kind of sun or light and uh, Chieftain Rogbog you are able to um, you and Pindle uh, carry Prince Critis further and further past the, the stony garden to the base of the tree where after a moment or two you see the three Mo- Modron mystics come out from around the tree and kind of just stare wordlessly at you three. I need you to help my son. He's not moving. They take one look at you, Chieftain Rodbog. They look at Critis. And then they look at Pendle. Uh, before the three of them go up. And, you know, their bodies aren't uh, super sturdy, super big. Uh, so it takes all three of them to form kind of a triangle underneath of Critis, who is, even though is only 13 years old, probably still four, 500 pounds, seven feet tall, still very massive uh, uh, humanoid, even if they're not quite yet a giant uh, size. And uh, the three of them take them all the way up to the base of the weeping willow tree. And there's a, there's a knot in it that if it was a regular sized weeping willow tree, it'd probably only be, a, you know, a couple feet by a couple feet, you know, not more than like a little squirrel's nest or something in there. But the size of this weeping willow tree, this knot is, I mean, you could, you could camp out in this thing. Uh, it is, uh, you know, 10 feet, uh, diameter pretty much. Uh, it's pretty round. It's a little bit, uh, taller than it is wide. But it is also very deep where you see them carry Critis away from you, Chieftain, and into this hole before coming back out of the hole without Critis. And then you see two of them go up along the side of Pendle. Uh, they each grab one of his hands and they bring him also into the knot in the Weeping Willow. 
you see all three of them come back out uh, without Pendle, without Critis, Chieftain Rodbog. And they form a triangle around you. And almost immediately, you see the entire sky start to darken. This is outside of the reach of the Everstorm, so it should not be storming here. But then... I think you probably have been around Severed Key. You know that the Everstorm, even though it has green lightning, um, everything else is just, you know, if there is a storm happening anywhere else on the Severed Key, it is nothing more than just a regular storm. Uh, It would be just rain, thunder, regular lightning. It is not quite the same lightning as the Everstorm. However, you see the Everstorm start to brew above this massive tree. I don't even think you could really see the storm clouds and the rain. You probably can't feel the rain. But you would start to see bolts of lightning start to come down around the tree. Uh, Some of them are going through the branches and hitting the ground around you. Some of them are like out further in the distance outside of the protective dome of this weeping willow tree. But eventually, one massive bolt of green lightning hits that trunk of the tree and goes down. And you can actually see an arc getting burned into the bark of the tree all the way down this massive, massive trunk. And it goes right down and it stops at the knot. And then the storm just ends. And a few moments go by. And you don't see Critis come out of the tree. But a few more minutes pass by and eventually you hear the familiar Roomba-esque sound of Pendle hover out towards you. Uh, This time he looks a little different. Now he's got kind of a, a little bit of a green aura in its domed head that he didn't quite have before. Uh, His eyes look a little bit more lively. Hey, Dad. What what happened? I blacked out. Crudus. I'm going to go hug him. Wilson, you were struck by lightning. And Pendle brought you to me. And you're already gone. So we brought you to these shamans. And they brought you back. But not in your body. Where's Pendle at? Well, son, you are Pendle. The three, uh, three motion are gonna kind of form a little triangle around you two now. Around who? Around both of you, since you're chatting. But they do not talk specifically because I do not want to do emotion voice. Hey, there's three of them. One's got a blindfold over their eyes. One's got things in their ear. And one's got a thing over their mouth. So two of them can talk. Yeah, but it's funny because they don't, though. <laughs> <laughs> you think that two of them should be able to talk, but they still don't talk for some reason. <laughs> still don't. Five months go past, and we see Pindle 
scampering around in the sewers beneath Thunderworks. Pindle, what do you do down in these stinky stewer, su- sewers? Not stewers. Sewers. sewers? No, sewers. I like to uh, just wheel around reminiscing on the times me and Curtis would explore and chase those uh, little rats around. Doesn't it stink down here, though? I don't think I can smell anything. As soon as I said it, I realized, well, (laughs) you can't smell, so I guess it checks out. (laughs) Well, on this particular day, you've been down in the sewers the entire day. You pretty much woke up. I was going to say got dressed. I don't think Pendle has clothes. He just has a cloak. That's it. What do you do? You just fucking wake up and you're just good to go. You don't I'm have good any... to go. I sleep in my shoes and everything. Wait, your shoes for your ball? <laughs> that, was, that was a joke, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you just yeah, you just uh, woke up today, and um, we'll we'll say that this is seven months pre campaign to start, pre dream, so to speak. Uh, gotcha. This morning you wake up, uh, decide to go and uh, have have a bit of an adventure. It's been a little bit boring in Thunderworks. Uh, your dad's been, you know, maybe a little bit overprotective of you since you died and all. <laughs> but you and Pindle's body, um, feeling probably even multiplied of what teenagers usually feel for, like, you know, they feel like they're invulnerable. They're going to live forever. You uh, get down. How do you get down into the sewers, by the way? I just never thought of that before. I just eat. I just you, eat it. You just eat. You just eat. Is it a well? Eee. Is it a sewer grate you lift up? Yep, I just uh, pick the lid up and I actually fit right in there, right in the circle. I think it's I think it's kind of like you, your side scratch just a little bit, but you're able to slide down and drop under. And after you've spent this day scampering around down in the sewers, uh, even from down here without any sun or moon or anything, you can tell that it is it is definitely getting into the wee hours of the night. It is getting pretty late, probably around eleven o'clock at night, maybe even midnight. And you've spent your day exploring pretty much every corner of these sewers that you can before you decide to head back up. How do you get back up? <laughs> With your ball? Oh, shoot, man. How do you get back up, man? How do you get back up? You got a ball. Upper body strength? Maybe you Fuck have it. grip tape on one side. You know? One side of what? On the ball? I, I just realized what I said. <laughs> <laughs> I just realized what I said. Yeah. Oh, man. I don't know. I picture like in WoW, that one sewer entrance, it's like a ramp up. Okay. It's like a door. Okay. There's a okay. door somewhere yeah. Yeah. to get down there. <laughs> well, yeah, you've been gone probably 12, 13 hours or so. You don't need to eat anymore. You're you're pindled now. You don't even, uh, you know, you don't. You're not a regular storm giant that needs to consume food to stay alive. Or I don't eat. I don't sleep. Matter. What do I do? I don't even know. You you do need to go into a low power stage for at least like four hours, but that's neither here nor there. 
Um, in fact, that's probably why you're leaving the sewer because you're probably getting a low battery. Low battery alert, my my dome. But yeah, it's been it's been over twelve hours now when you exit the sewer, and when you get back to Thunderworks, it is just a massacre here. You see just strewn across all the streets of Thunderworks, you see the bodies of storm giants, which are massive, you know, 17, 18 feet tall giants that are just laying on the floor. And you run up to the first one and kind of checking it over, you roll its body over and you see that it's got a like a blackened circle right on its chest. And again, it's far as you can look as many bodies you want to check they all have various different kind of blackened circles on their bodies on various spots of them some on their head some on their chest some on their back and I I picture Pindle just kind of going door to door shop to shop leading up to the throne room looking for anybody really until you realize like you're not finding anybody nobody's in their shops nobody's in their homes nobody's in their beds until you get to the throne room and you see that the entire ceiling of the throne room has been ripped off from like it seemed like maybe like a massive tornado or something it's like a hand of god has come down and just ripped the roof off this place and you see slumped there on the throne, Chieftain Rodbog, your dad, with a blackened circle on the back of his neck. Majestic Goose Podcast. Honk.